That's right, it is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live on the radio. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Laura. And Laura is sitting in with me. Laura, I'll do introductions with you in the the next segment, but right now I want to jump right into it. I'll just uh, suffice to say that you're you're a woman with, like, ideas and stuff. Ideas and yes, stuff. Yes, you've, you've got, you got ideas on how the world should work. Stuff. Yeah. So um, Laura's sitting in with me here, and uh, Ian is Ian's taking a vacation, like a real vacation. Isn't that crazy? I know it's so weird. I'm 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 disoriented by the notion. But Laura, you're a bit of a personal finance expert. You've spent a lot of time reading on this subject. You've been very successful in your own life and helped other people and theirs to sort of implement some ideas and. I like I, I guess the first thing that I would ask is what's the the one thing, that first thing that somebody could implement in their life that would be sort of a meaningful change from what they're doing today? Because most of Americans, as as we know, right, most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Absolutely. I've and- seen numbers where uh, people are like 40 percent of Americans can't put their hands on four hundred dollars cash. Yeah, I think uh, I saw I heard something very similar recently of, you know, over 50 percent can't put their hands on a thousand dollars. I think it was yeah, 60 percent can't put their hands on a thousand dollars. Forty percent can't put their hands on four hundred dollars. And you kind of met me and I was in a pretty similar situation, right? Sir, yeah, you were. Um, I guess one of the to get back to your question, um, the first thing that I would say that somebody who really wants to get a handle on their finances needs to do is track and measure. It's like anything. If you don't know where you are, where you're starting from, and what's going on, you can't affect change. You're all about those receipts. I am. Yeah. And and it's 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 not hard. It takes a little time, but it's not hard. But yeah, I mean, I was all about, you know, make yourself a spreadsheet because Everyone underestimates what they spend. You know, things add up really, really, really fast. Yeah, I mean, your mind is just not set up to add up the cost of things, tack on tax, um, then, you know, the next purchase later on in the day and the next one later on in the day. Pretty soon you're talking about real money and you don't have near as much as you thought you did. You don't. And so really getting real with, you know, the black and white of it is the most important thing. Once you can track what you're spending, then you can look at things and decide, is that okay? Or are there some things that I'm willing to look at and make some changes? So uh, one thing, uh, you know, just to let the let people in on a little bit of a secret here. You're my wife, right? And <laughs> last I looked, yeah, my first wife, <laughs> and uh, and current, and uh, you, um, you've really you know changed our lives a great deal. And you help reach out and you help a lot of people with this that are or, you know people that are willing to you know make a few changes. I found that. What you have, you don't tell me I can't have things. You just limit what you know the brands I can have, more or less. I don't know about that. I mean, I I certainly try to delay. Yep, there's delay, right? Think about think about this purchase. Decide whether or not you really need to make it. Right. 
Um, so I think it's delay. Please look at this and decide if this is really what you want to spend your money on. Um, I'm real big about opportunity costs. Yep. You know, I'm trying to um, instill that in our son. So what's an opportunity cost? An opportunity cost is if you spend this money on this, then you don't have it to spend on something else. Or you don't have it to save and build wealth with um, if you spend it in one area. One thing I like to point out is that money isn't freedom, but it's a really close analog. Money is, I, I, I don't know if I agree. I okay. think that um, money is a sort of freedom yep. and it may, you know, it may not be the total definition, but if you have debt, debt is bondage. Oh yeah. I'm with you on that. And so how can you be free and have bondage? Right. So more or less your time is spent however it's spent. Mm-hmm. It may be spent at work. And it may be spent at more than one job if you, if, it need, if you need to trade more time for more money. And a lot of us are trading time for money, and that's just how life goes. The, when you begin trading time for money at interest, that's when you're really signing over uh, stuff. I mean, it's basically you're, you're, you're signing over your freedom because if you decide you're going to you're, you're going to work, right, and you're going to work for things or uh, freedoms of some sort, the freedom of electricity, you know. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's reality, the freedom of a house to, in which to live, the freedom of not having rain fall on your head, you know, these kind of things. And so you're trading your time for these luxuries, these uh, these freedoms, as I like to call them, okay. because if freedom isn't uh, something that's enjoyable, then what is it? Right. And it could be the freedom to sit around on a street corner and ask for money. I mean, there's a base freedom for you if that's what you want to have. But a lot of people want the freedom of a little dignity. So they work <laughs> rather than, uh, you know, bumming money. And fine. That's that's cool. So if you're going to work, then you're trading your time for money. The more X costs, whatever the widget is that you're paying for, the more of your time you're putting to to get that widget. Sure. And um, so one of the things that is very dangerous is a credit card debt. And the other thing that's really, really dangerous or can be very dangerous is student loan debt. Yeah, student loan debt. We um, we have a friend, and uh, you know, there's a co-host here on the show, as a matter of fact, uh, who has a very high student loan debt. Right, and. When I had my student loan debt... Which we paid off, yeah. Yes, just paid that off. Um, When I had my student loan debt, my student loan debt was at just over 2%. And so I, and I didn't know that much, but I really didn't think of it as so dangerous. But some of these private loans, some of these... um, I, I think even just the regular loans now, the interest rate has gone up significantly and it's getting more and more dangerous. And one of the things that's so dangerous about this is, especially if it's a government loan, they can garnish your wages. They don't have to go to court to do it. They have the power to garnish your wages. They have the power to um, go into your bank accounts and take things. With, take your money without a court order. Right. Well, a bank is a basically a government franchise. Um, you know, it's, it's a franchise of the Federal Reserve. So if the government decides that you owe them money in the form of uh, what is it? Is it 
uh, what's the form? What's the the student loan ones? Uh, Sally Fanny. May. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac? I don't even know. I don't, yeah. uh, I, I, no, it was Sally Mae. Sally Mae. Uh, anyway, yeah. whatever they are, they... Um, They've changed the name recently. They they can, if they decide you owe the money, they can go in your bank account and take and it. Just they take can it. garnish your wages, at the, which point you're either, you're going to either work for them for X amount of time, and we know what, it's, what it is when you work for somebody and you don't get paid. We know what we call that. Right. We call that slavery. Right. And if you're working off a degree that isn't worth working off... And I'm, you know, I mean, I met a lot of people and, and I think there's this confirmation bias or whatever that people basically they believe something that they worked very hard for is worth it. So if you have, say, a filmmaking degree and you're working in, um, you know, publishing a lifestyle magazine, uh, for instance, you think to yourself, well, that filmmaking degree was important. But really, did you need the filmmaking degree in order to do the, you know, publishing a lifestyle magazine? Which brings me to, you know, another um, aspect of this whole thing is how much people push college and that you need to go to college. I know I was, it was pushed on me. Was it pushed on you? It was. Yeah. I, I mean, basically if you come from a middle-class background and I don't care if it's lower middle or upper middle or whatever the middle is, uh, the, the whole middle, that, 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 that uh, three quintiles right there in the middle, you're told you gotta go to college. I don't think for the upper class people it really even matters because they, uh, you know, their, their parents can afford to pay for it. Who cares? But the people in the middle class, they're in slavery. It's a whole generation in slavery. The number is 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live, where you can use the Discord lines at discord.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Come on and call in at 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. It's Mark with you. And Laura. And Laura, I didn't do any introductions in the, the first uh, segment there because I, I'm old school radio. We're taught to get right into the meat of things and uh, give people what they uh, came for immediately, as fast as you can get to it. But I do want to tell uh, people a little bit about you. I mean, we usually do some introductions at some point here on Free Talk Live. Ian always does them in the first segment, but what does he know? He doesn't listen to the consultants. Um, so you're my wife. I am. How long have we been married? Oh, gosh. Like um, 13 or 14 or 15 years? Something like that. Right. And... You're not by any means a radio rat, right? I am not. You didn't meet me and like think, wow, a radio superstar. Uh, oh, yeah. I was so impressed. <laughs> <laughs> you, as a matter of fact, I really wasn't even on the radio. Like I, I had, was on a, a single AM station that you, you'd never listened to before. When I, yeah. When I met you, you and Ian were doing like one night a week. Yeah. And that was, you know, it was just, you know. A uh, hobby. Uh, very much a hobby. Yeah, it was very much a hobby at that time. Free Talk Live had been on three stations at that point. Okay. Three different stations in the course of less than two years. Mm -hmm. That isn't a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. And uh, basically, you know, we were doing it to keep it alive. Ian loves doing radio, and I'd go and I'd help him. I'm, I'm just sort of an extrovert. I like to talk. If somebody's going to listen, I'm happy to do it. And... Uh, what happened was at some point, I don't know whether it was before or after you and I met or whatever, but Ian had called 
Genesis Communications Network, which is our syndicate. Certainly after. You think so? After? Oh, yeah. And he was trying to get the Harry Brown show on 1220 WIBQ in Sarasota, Florida. Right, because you weren't. No, you were working for IBQ when we met. Yes, when we met, we, I, I certainly was. Yeah, but and Free Talk Live wasn't on IBQ. Are you certain of that? I'm certain of that. Okay, because Free Talk Live did end up on IBQ. It did. Shortly thereafter. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know where in the timeline we're, uh, we're, we're exactly putting it. Because I went with you one time out to a studio. Oh, you went to 1280 WTMY? Yeah, I went there once with you. Yeah, these are pigsties. I mean, if any of uh, people in radio land uh, have never been to a radio station, the old radio stations, I mean, uh, if the asbestos doesn't kill you, the black mold will. I mean, you know, it's usually... I literally worked at one of it we called the... Um, the crab trap because we're out on uh, City Island in Sarasota, Florida, and you know roaches the size of small dogs running through this place. And water on three sides of you. Yeah, and the other place at the same time I was working was out quite literally in a goat pasture in Venice, Florida. I mean, these are not gr- glamorous digs generally, no. and. Uh, well, anyway, uh, Ian got was trying to get Harry Brown onto uh, radio, you know, onto our radio station, and he was talking to Genesis Communications Network, who was carrying Harry Brown, and he said, "Hey, do you need another show?" And they said, "Oh yeah, we're kind of looking. Send us an air check." So we, he sent off an air check, and then we were on the air relatively quickly on the weekends. And this is what you're talking about—the one time a week mm-hmm. the Free Talk Live was on, and maybe we were just doing one time a week on WIBQ. Oh, don't you remember that you came over to my house for Thanksgiving, and you were supposed to be on the air, and you forgot all about it. Yeah, and Ian called you on the air to kind of now, give you a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is how seriously I took it at the time. This, this was no job. Not not by any stretch of the imagination was it a job. But, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, in that amount of time, you... I, I mean, I don't know what happened before you met me. Maybe something chemical changed. You, you met me and, like, the, the adult pheromones kicked in. I don't know what happened to you. But it's not like your your life was completely in order as far as debt went before we met but you sure were put together well when maybe I was just a warning to you like this. It, this could happen, Laura. <laughs> you probably were. Um, I think that my my financial situation was not perfect, but I was looking in the direction of improving that. Yeah. Um, I shortly after we met had gotten a better job. And um, and I was really looking at, OK, how can I pay down some of this credit card debt? Uh, I'd like to point out that you have a dental appliance in your mouth ah, right now. Yes. yes. You're uh, working. You have a jaw issue and the, the dentist have you, has you in this thing and you quite literally can't take it out. I, I'm not supposed to take it out. I'm supposed to wear it 24 hours a yeah. day. You're and, disallowed from taking it. out. Right. And unfortunately, it. So is, the lisp is not. The lisp is not normal. <laughs> this is not my normal speaking lisp. The laugh, however, the, is, is yours. Totally mine. <laughs> totally. It's a very authentic laugh. Totally mine. Right. I had a guy that big, big Jim Davis, whom yeah. I'm sure you have met multiple occasions. Uh, he literally laughed like the Count from Sesame. Ah, 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 ah. I mean, that's how he laughed because that's how radio guys were taught to like teach yourself to laugh like and this. And after son. a while, of, you know, right. And that's, that's just, just it. it. 
Yeah. Now, I'm no better. Mine's a staccato, like machine <laughs> thing that uh, doesn't sound that great on the air. Whatever. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's, sorry uh, about that. It's the, it's, well, this is the new world of radio. And in the new world of radio, the average voice is a fine thing. Before we go on, I want to tell everybody about uh, 123.freetalklive.com. This is a ad program for business owners that is as easy as 123. We combine one. Uh, mailer, uh, mailers, uh, direct mail. Uh, two, we combine radio. And three, we combine digital marketing all together for what I believe is going to be the best return on investments that you've ever seen. And not, not close, but by a long shot, the best return on investment you've ever seen from advertising. And I want you to go to 123.freetalklive.com and take a look. Get involved. This is really a good uh, a good thing to, to do is really going to work out well. I can't be very clear on the air. That's part of the agreement that uh, with the organization we're working with, but I do need 20 people to start up in order to do this. So if you go sign up and we can get you started and, you know, make a lot of money for you. I believe it's one, two, three dot free talk live.com. This program is likely to be your most cost effective and highest return on investment that you've ever received from any marketing program that you've ever done limited space. So contact us now. One, two, three dot free talk live.com. Um, yeah. So Laura and you kind of began putting your finances together. Your first step was to do budgeting like a spreadsheet, it was saving a, your receipts? Um, no, the first step for me was to make a spreadsheet of my debt. Okay. And my expenses. Right. And really look at what I owed and at what interest rate. Are you talking about expenses like the power bill and just getting a monthly average everything. for that? Yeah, okay. Everything. Yeah, everything. Or are you just talking about a, a debts that you have, like the mortgage? Pretty much um, it was credit cards, it was student loans, it was rent, it was... Um, anything that was a fixed bill or relatively fixed bill, a bill that came in every month, the cell phone, the, you know, everything and look at how much does that add up to? How can, how can I maximize my, um, my money toward debt to pay it down? Right. You, you made me sit down with, uh, you, you sat, we sat down together and we kind of cut out all the extra bills that we didn't. This is when we cut the cord. We no longer had dish. We no longer had cable. We no longer had anything. Right. I mean, that was it. The number 855-450-3733. Trying to get some ideas for you to save money. Free Talk Live. Are you concerned that liberty, free market economics, and the values that made America great are no longer taught in schools? Well, so am I. So I got my son the Tuttle Twins Children's Book Series. My name is Jack, and I'm 11 years old, and I just started the Tuttle Twins. So far, I have learned that some people can use the government to ruin the economy and destroy people's businesses. Give all the young people in your life a chance at reason and clear thought, because they're not going to get it at school. There are nine books in the series, and each one teaches a set of ideas that children aren't getting elsewhere. Go to TuttleTwins.com and use coupon code FTL to get 40% off. Again, that's TuttleTwins.com. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever is on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Laura. Laura, my sometime co-host from the Edgington Post. All the time co-host at my house. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, I want to tell you about local.bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com has launched, 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 launched. La- uh, a, a trading, careful there, Lispy, <laughs> <laughs> trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin Cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposits, remittances, or meeting uh, in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to show up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Laura, you've used competing sites in the past on this, and you, uh, like, you know, your communication with the buyer was completely open to the admins of the site, right? Um, The answer is yes. Okay. Um, Also... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that that is absolutely true also that site held in escrow whatever you were going to sell or buy and in this case with local.bitcoin.com that never happens it happens through a uh, a three-person uh, wallet transaction so they never well local.bitcoin.com never holds your money you can check them out. It's local.bitcoin.com. They got this blind escrow, as I pointed out. It's a global marketplace for buying and selling Bitcoin cash. You're going to love it. Competitively low fees. Low fees. Local.bitcoin.com. Laura, before we go on with uh, sort of financial tips and that sort of thing, let's go to Tom, who's calling in from New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. All the time co-host at your house. I believe that would be called a hostess. But anyway, um, today is Juneteenth, and that is the anniversary of the day when Major General Gordon Granger, with thousands of Union troops behind him, marched into Galveston, Texas, okay. and emancipated the slaves. All right. Okay, they were never in just Galveston? Free, by the way. I mean, we're, it's not like we live in a free country. not like we're free in the United States of America, and neither were they. However, that's but the less free to celebrate than some. <laughs> even that slavery, that particular part of slavery that was official and legal in the United States, did not end with the enforcement of the Emancipation Proclamation. Okay. No. Now, on September twenty second, eighteen sixty two, Lincoln realized that the United States was not winning the war, and that the uh, in order to get a pro-war Congress elected in 1862, he had to turn it into a war to free the slaves. Yep. And so he announced the Emancipation Proclamation, which said that starting in 100 days, New Year's Day 1863, any people held as slaves in territory that's still in rebel hands would be then, thenceforth, and forever free. Right, because it's and worth then, pointing out that uh, there were four slave states that January did not... 1st, wait a second, wait a second, Tom. He wrote out the Emancipation Proclamation de- declaring which uh, places were free and which in... I mean, which ones were still considered to be in Confederate hands. Right, because Maryland... Uh, a question for you. Which counties in I Louisiana guess you can't hear me at all. were still in Confederate hands? Counties? Did you say states or counties? I don't know that you can hear me at all, Tom. It, can you hear me, Tom? Tom? I think Tom's gone. Yeah, I think Tom had an issue there. He's absolutely right on that. It's uh, worth pointing out that, um, and Laura, you probably don't know this stuff because you don't spend any time thinking about it. But Not much. Um, you know, when Lincoln put out the Emancipation Proclamation, there were four states in the Union that in the Union, the United States, not the Confederacy, the Confederate States of America, the United States, that still had slavery. It was uh, like 
Kentucky and uh, maybe West Virginia, you know, uh, Maryland, these border states. And it might have been Delaware, too. I'm not 100 percent sure. But it was those border states. I know Maryland was definitely one of them. And he didn't free the slaves in those states with the Emancipation Proclamation. The great emancipator never freed a slave in a country that he ruled over. Not one. Um, You know, I mean, did he put out the Emancipation Proclamation? Sure he did. But it was like an election thing, kind of like Trump and his, uh, you know, immigrants and the wall. It was just a campaign promise. (laughs) It's just a campaign promise, really. Um, And, you know, I mean, people are freer. They were freer after. I, I certainly am not here to support slavery by any stretch of the imagination as it existed in the South at the time. But I would agree with Tom that we all sort of live in a bit of slavery now when the government claims uh, an amount of your income and, you know, uh, claims a, a, a portion from you for your property. What, I was just what's the say, difference? Because you can never own truly own your property. You right. are leasing it from the government. Right. You're, you're basically in a lease. It's a better lease than, you know, what the normal lease you're going to sign. Here's Tom. We've got him back here. I'm uh, just going to go ahead and take him on air. Tom, you're back on Free Talk Live. Uh, yeah. It, there was a trick question in there, namely, which counties in Louisiana were considered to be in Confederate hands? I don't know. Weren't they all? None of them. No, because... There aren't any counties in Louisiana. Oh, I see. Parishes. Yeah, so they're parishes. You got me. The other part of it is that it wasn't until the 13th Amendment was ratified and effective on December 6, 1865, long after the war was over, that slavery was banned in Delaware. It was banned in Maryland by a referendum uh-huh. in what? I, I would presume somewhere to between 62 and 65. It was banned in Maryland with a uh, referendum in 1864. Okay. And what what's going on there is that it was, looked like it was narrowly defeated, but the new co- state constitution was ratified after all these uh, e- votes uh, from uh, Union soldiers were counted in. Ah. They got to cast military ballots, and the Confederate soldiers could not, and that's not fair. But so what? Slavery is not fair. In Maryland, the slaves were freed by using ballots. In Virginia, the slaves were freed by using bullets. Whatever works. You know, it, uh, there's a point where, hey, we don't care. about. See, Lincoln had too much respect for the rule of law. I, and, I'm with you on this one, Tom. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. So, Laura, are you familiar with the John, I think it's John Brown rebellion that went on in uh, Missouri? You don't hear much about this one. I was going to say, I don't think so. But there's, you know, uh, Nat something was another rebellion that went on. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But there are several rebellions that went on. And so John Brown was an abolitionist. He was actually a contemporary Lysander Spooner, whom I'm sure you've heard of. And (laughs) he... uh, well, he decided that violent revolution was the only way. So he gets together some slaves. He finds an armory, um, you know, tries to arm the slaves and tries to have a, a revolt. I don't know the, the, you know, the long and the short of exactly how it worked, but essentially they were ready to shoot some folks in order to make slaves free. And I think that we're just now getting far enough from that point in time, like a hundred and more than 150 years where we can kind of look back and say, you know, that might have been appropriate because I don't think Americans are quite ready to, in many cases, many Americans aren't quite ready to grok the idea of shooting people in order to free slaves. But 
you know, they didn't have any problem whipping the slaves. They didn't have any problem killing the slaves. If you if your slave just wasn't worth working anymore, just not worth having around, they wouldn't even use a gun. They just use a hammer. Oh God! And that was the respect they had for human life. Now that's not every instance, every time. There's plenty of stories out there where slaves live re- relatively good lives. Um, you know, <laughs> but there's plenty of them that it's not that nice. Right. And you know, Hollywood likes to play up the the worst angles, but you know, it, I can see why. Nothing pleasant about it. And as you were saying with the, with your home, the government claims it just like a lord claims the field of a serf. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll give me a portion of the fruits of your labor. You know, you're growing wheat. I need 10 bushels. Mm-hmm. And then their lord's going to sell those bushels or keep them or whatever he's going to do. And that's his because it's his land, not the serfs. Right. And it's their land, and it's the not gover- yours. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's your local government's land, not yours. Yeah. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. And don't forget the Discord lines that you can use. You go to discord.freetalklive.com. Download the app there, and you sound crystal clear when you call in. I'm sure we'll get a Discord call here before long. Discord.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. The number to call in should you wish to talk about, well, anything from personal finance to the history of slavery, apparently. Apparently. That's how it goes here on Free Talk Live. I'm sure you're familiar with that, Laura. Now, I mean, you've seen a few shows. Not really. Yeah, you don't pay attention when you sit in the studios. Um, Yeah, I guess... I, I guess the, the most that I've ever listened was when we were in Acapulco and you and Ian were doing the show from my uh, patio. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun time. That yeah. beat uh, real work. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another fun time to be had will be had at Freedom Fest. You're not going to this one. Nope. Not this year. You have come with me on multiple occasions to Freedom Fest, but since Ian's going, you're like, yeah, I'll stay at home. I have. And Vegas really isn't my scene. It's I like it because there's some shows to see. Yeah, if we if we go to a show, but we've only gone to a couple of shows. We saw a few. I mean, yeah. a couple. I don't know. It's uh, it's always a good time. The there's also really great food. Um. Yeah. If you like eating like that, and you do, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember that one meal we got at the restaurant with the oh, uh, the mushrooms and the fantastic, the steak? fantastic. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Um, Vegas. Some of the best restaurants in the country are to be had in Vegas, and Freedom Fest is right there. It's at the Paris, which is a uh, we were. I think that might be where that restaurant was, but I couldn't name the restaurant. No, it wasn't. It was in MGM. Okay, well, yeah, that's why I keep you around. Uh, this the the Freedom Fest is July the seventeenth through the twentieth, and it's the largest liberty oriented gathering in the world. This year's theme is the Wild West. I've got my horse and cowboy outfit all set up. <laughs> it is hysterical. Yeah, uh, this is is the Wild West liberty and a time of liberty and opportunity, or lawlessness and violence. Maybe both. We'll find out from people like Penn Jillette, Lenore Skenazy, Glenn Beck. Candace Owens, John Mackey, Kevin O'Leary, and Kevin Kevin O'Leary and Kevin Harrington of Shark Tank, Stephen Moore, Grover Norquist, all kinds of folks coming together uh, to mingle and hear real debates and share real solutions and converse freely. Go to freedomfest.com/ftl and get your tickets now. Please join us. freedomfest.com/ftl. Use coupon code FTL50 for a discount. You can uh, also go there to freedomfest.com/ 
FTL. By the way, that discount is $50. FTL 50 is for $50. Uh, you go to freedomfest.com slash FTL, and you can see the five best speeches from last year. Judge Napolitano, Alan Dershowitz, Charlie Kirk, Heather McDonald, John Mackey, all for free. Join us July 17th through the 20th at the Paris in Vegas for Freedom Fest. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. So, Laura, we were talking about uh, sort of some tips that you have for people as far as getting out of debt. And I wanted to give some of your bona fides. Um, I mean, I consider myself to be very lucky to have been caught in your orbit um, in this way. You made it so that, you know, I made pretty good money most of the time that you met me, but I never managed it well at all. No, not at all. Right. So I made a better paycheck pretty much every week that we've been together than you. But, but you know, I just, I, I'd spent everything that I got. What was my original uh, allowance for lunch that you set up? Wasn't it like $120 a week? It was something like that. It was, and, and I, I felt put upon. And you had a fit. <laughs> yep. Um, and that was, you know, 120 bucks a week. It's a lot of money, especially... Close to 20 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Close to 20 years ago. But I was, you know, I'm a radio ad, ex- or I'm an I'm a advertising executive, and I have to go out and impress clients and these kind of things. So, you know, eating rich lunches. Uh, mostly my dinners were a little more subdued, but, you know, uh, lunches certainly were not. No. And you put that, uh, that, uh, that budget on me. Right. And that was the budget. Imagine what he was spending before the budget. Right. That was the budget. Yeah, that was before the budget. And you and, and another thing I think when really you you managed to, uh, to to show off your abilities was once we had Jack and we had built our own house we didn't have at the time you couldn't get a mortgage to build a house. Well, at the time, we especially couldn't get a mortgage to build the house because we had both quit our jobs and moved to New Hampshire and started working at Free Talk Live full time. And it was a startup, basically. Yeah. So whatever we were making, we certainly weren't claiming, uh, you know, we, we had so many write offs because of costs and overhead and things like that. Yeah, there was no profit. Right. So. Uh, we built we built the house on credit cards. Uh, we had a certain amount of money to start with. We had we had some money to start with, and your mom helped us out. And then we did have to put some money on credit. And that was de- definitely five figures. Um. Yeah, I believe so. So a lot of mortgages are six figures, but you know we built the house and got a little sweat equity in the the process and and that kind of thing. But the housing market tanked from when we started to when we ended too. Right. And you got that house paid off in two and a half years, three years? I don't remember the exact time frame, but pretty, pretty uh, close, yeah. It's pretty impressive to be able to pay off a house in... I've paid that house off multiple times. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> I do have wonderful ideas, and often they require money. Yes. And uh, you'll need a, uh, you need a home equity line to get that done, mm. but it... It got paid off and then put onto a home equity line, which is a much more manageable sort of loan right? rather than credit cards and these kind of things. So one of the things with the credit cards was you were constantly hopping cards um, from one to another when you get these 0% offers. Right. You got to be really, really careful on these things because it is so, I mean, it's a game to play and the credit card companies are much better at it than most They're the house. Yeah, they're, yeah. The, they're the house and they have the and advantage, the yeah. right? And so you have to be really, really careful. And what are you being careful of? 
um, and you really have to know what you're doing, um, which I think there is a, a huge lack of knowledge of how credit cards work. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Here's another day where I went through without using the Pythagorean theorem, but um, I didn't get taught credit cards or compound interest or really much of any of that in school. I did get a little bit on compound interest, but I was in higher math. Um, So you have to have, first of all, the knowledge, and second of all, the discipline to not put anything on that credit card. Because once you transfer onto a credit card, if you put anything else on that credit card... You got to pay that off first. That is getting the highest interest rate and that is getting paid off last. Yeah. So you will be paying that higher interest rate on that $20 for the entire time. So um, you really have to figure out how you're going to do this and be able to have two or three credit cards and one of them that you can transfer to that you are not going to use until you get it paid off. And I think that a lot of people think that budgeting and these sorts of things, just magic. There's a lot of friends that come up to you and like, solve my problems, Laura. And you attempt to, and they're like, don't solve my problems anymore, Laura. (laughs) Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Because it turns out that, you know, it's all about, it's not what you make, it's what you spend. Right. If you can cut your spending, it's like giving yourself a raise. And I mean, ultimately... That's it. But that is not easy. Right. You know, it's so that's part of a program. It's the most important part of the whole program. There's other things as far as budgeting, making sure you get your bills paid on time and that kind of thing. Well, I was the I was the worst at I just forget to write checks for a week. Right. And thank you, Laura, so much for improving my credit score. I didn't even know that credit scores could go as high as you got my credit score. Right. I mean, I didn't even know that that was possible. But now I have premier credit i don't deserve it uh but then again i don't i I guess i deserve it because it's really just an outcropping of your credit you're not going to let me go out and spend um you know a bunch of dumb money or anything like that and i don't rebel against the strictures because the benefit has been positive in my life you know i mean if i need a big purchase i come and discuss it with you and we determine as a family when or if it's going to happen right and uh, you know, you're you're a pretty thrifty gal. You got where you were by not spending. And so you'll ask a lot of questions that are like, you know, do you really need this thing or that thing? And like, yes, Laura, sometimes I need to drive and you're not around. Do we need a second car <laughs> or whatever it is? Um, and, you know, maybe I do need a second car. Maybe I don't need a second car. I can tell you that I really like having I don't use your car, even though it gets better gas mileage than mine. You have yes. a Prius. I have a Civic. Since you got the new car, you do not drive my car anymore. Now, I like the seat position where I want the seat position. I like, um, you know. I, I like the extra ga- gadgetry that's on my car, and I'm happy with that. So I just don't want to drive yours, even though I get, um, you know, a little less. A little less. I'm getting probably uh, 37 miles to the gallon. You're getting what? 50. 50, 50, uh, 50 or 60, because you're plugging in. Um, yeah, it depends on the pl- yeah where I am and where I'm plugging in. Right. So, and I, I don't think the, the the Prius was the best choice as far as a, a new vehicle. I don't think new vehicles are good choices. But you got us to a point where. We actually had the money to buy a new car and didn't have to worry about things like repairs. Well, I got us to the point where we could afford the payment. Right. 
Um, we did not buy it outright, but we got 0% financing, so I was okay with it. Right. 0% financing is a pretty big bonus in, in the grand scheme of things. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live, 855-450. Free is in freedom. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can call in, talk about anything that's on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Laura. The lovely Laura, my wife, sitting in, uh, sometime co-host of Edgington Post. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. 855-450-3733. In the last hour, we were talking about financial stuff and sort of the history of slavery in the United States. That got me thinking that people really don't know about John Brown and how important he was to American history. Let me hear it. Yeah, right. So John Brown, not exactly the most stalwart individual, right? He was born to, I'll just read it here. Abolitionist John Brown leads a small group on a raid against a federal armory in Harper's Ferry, Virginia, now West Virginia, in an attempt to start an armed slave revolt and destroy the institution of slavery. Born in Connecticut in 1800, you got to kind of remember that 1800 date because they move around in this article a little bit. So it's pretty clear what so the, he was in his 60s at this time. When 50 he was? 50s. OK, well, late, late, late 50s. Yeah. Yeah. So 59. Okay. He was raised in Ohio and Brown became a came from a staunchly Calvin, Calvinist and anti-slavery family. And much of his life was uh, spent failing at a variety of different businesses. He declared bankruptcy at age 42 and had more than 20 lawsuits filed against him. In 1837, so we're going back five years, his life changed irrevocably when he attended an abolitionist meeting in Cleveland, during which he was so moved that he publicly announced his dedication to destroying the institution of slavery as early as 1848. So now we're six years after the, uh, the, the bankruptcy. He was formulating a plan to incite an insurrection. So he's 48 years old. The best thing he can do with his time, that's how old I am right now, <laughs> the best thing he can do with his time is uh, an insurrection. I'm not saying he's wrong. You'll see Brown was really important to history, but he kind of flopped around and failed his way to it. Okay. In the 1850s, Brown traveled to Kansas uh, with five of his sons to fight against pro-slavery forces in the contest over that particular territory. So when they were bringing on new territories, it was always, are they going to be slavery or right, not slavery? big question. And the slave states definitely wanted more slave states because they knew they could be outvoted. Right. And it's probably worth pointing out that the Electoral College, at least in large part, is was demanded by states like slave states because they didn't have the population that the northern states had at the time. 
and they didn't want to be outvoted in the president and things like that. So in May 21st, 1856, pro-slavery men raided the abolitionist town of Lawrence. So, um, you know, slavers come in and raid the town and Brown personally sought revenge. On May the 25th, Brown and his son attacked three cabins along the Potawatomi Creek. They killed five men with broadswords and triggered a summer of guerrilla warfare in the troubled territory. One of the uh, Brown's sons was killed in the fighting. So he had five sons. Now he's down to four. And why the sons can, you know, fight for dad in this, I, I'm not exactly sure. But, you know, remember. Why do young men fight for anything? <laughs> remember, everybody was poor, too. Right. And and their dad had declared bankruptcy. So right. <laughs> By 1857, Brown returned to the East and began raising money to carry out his vision of a mass uprising of slaves. He secured the backing of six prominent abolitionists, known as the Secret Six, and assembled an invasion force. His army grew to include 22 men, including five black men and three of Brown's sons. The group rented a Maryland farm near Harper's Ferry and prepared for the assault. In the night of October the 16th, 1859, Brown and his band overran the arsenal. Some of his men rounded up a handful of hostages. Uh, by the way, I thought this happened in Missouri. I was wrong. It happened in, uh, in Virginia. Um, Harper's Ferry uh, is where it was. Yeah, so some of the men rounded up a handful of hostages, including a few slaves, and word of the raid spread. And by morning, Brown and his men were surrounded. A company of U.S. Marines arrived on October the 17th, the next day, led by Colonel Robert E. Lee. Mm. Lieutenant Jeb Stewart uh, was also in attendance, and in the morning of uh, October the 19th, the uh, soldiers overran Brown and his followers. Ten of his men were killed, including two of his sons. So now he's down, down to, to two. two. And by the <laughs> way, one of them didn't show up for this. He's like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> the wounded Brown was tried by the state of Virginia for treason and murder. And he was found guilty on November the 2nd. The 59-year-old abolitionist went to the gallows on December the 2nd. So pretty quick. Yeah, Tried November, uh, November 2nd and executed. That's what executed. we call a speedy trial. Yeah. Before his execution. Well, there's something to be said for it. Before his execution, he handed his guard a slip of paper. And it read, I, John Brown, am now quite certain that the crimes of this guilty land will never be purged away but by blood. It was a prophetic statement. Although the raid failed, it inflamed sectional tensions and raised the stakes for the 1860 presidential election. Brown's raid helped make many, uh, any further accommodation between North and South nearly impossible and thus became an important impetus of the Civil War. So Virginia killed a man who was willing to kill for freedom, and that brought in sort of the radical New England states who are like, Oh, we can't live with this. And remember, he's a New England son. He was born in Connecticut. That's right. So eh, this was one of those those things that re- really beforehand, a lot, of, a lot of people don't know, in the late 1820s, New England was attempting to secede. And the reason was slavery. They yeah. were doing it for the other reason. Interesting. So they didn't get that, um, you know, so the South seceded over keeping slavery. New England was going to secede because we just can't put up with these people. And, you know, these, uh, the constant accommodating of the slave states. And that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I support both of those uh, secessionist movements, but for entirely different reasons. Um, and when it comes to Brown, I think he was right. I think that your money is the way you spent your life previously. Your freedom is what you can do with your life 
now and uh, excuse me uh yeah your freedom like your current state is your life right like you get to do with your life at this moment what you want to do with it and that's freedom and then liberty means to plan your life in the future to be able to to have choices and and freedom so you often give up liberty in the form of a job in order to have more freedom in the future what's somebody doing when they're putting stuff away in a 401k they're not getting to take advantage of the the liberty they've spent on the job in the past until well into the future. And hopefully it will turn into more and th- that sort of thing. So I think that Brown is absolutely right there. When you take somebody's freedom, you're taking their life from them one second at a time. And it doesn't matter whether the slavery was good slavery or bad slavery better or worse and i'm certain that there were all kinds of 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 slaveries along the continuum i'm sure that there was uh, some lady that's that was in the house that took care of the kids and uh she was loved by those children and she was probably treated pretty well in many cases by the the wife and, and husband because she was taking care of their kids and i'm also sure that many of the depictions of whippings and things like that that went on for field hands very accurate. Yeah, went on. And I know that slaves were executed because they just couldn't do the work anymore. And they weren't we- worth feeding. Right. There was there were the old age program was an execution in many cases. So uh, if you want a, some interesting reading, I find that letters from former slaves to their masters mm. to be really interesting. There is one guy in particular, this sort of... Uh, obtuse uh plantation owner who's like uh you know his, his guy toby or whatever ran off to uh canada and he he sent him a letter saying hey you want to come back i'll pay you and toby's like you know hey um let me tell you about the time remember when your wife beat my infant for crying right you know uh, i mean these shocking stories that he told the slave owner slave owner's just like well yeah that's how we do it around here right and it's meaning meaningless to him. It is very unusual that for a, a person to go beyond what is the cultural norm. So that was the cultural norm in that time and that place. Sure. Well, and things weren't that much better for somebody who worked at a job either. I mean, it's not like they didn't beat employees. They didn't beat them in the systematic way, but... Uh, beatings for employees hadn't it hadn't stopped that much before the end of slavery. Free yeah. Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live. You are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Laura. And we're here taking your calls. I wanted to tell you real quick before we get into the uh, the story I've got for you, Laura, about an IRS agent who's laying down the gauntlet for you. But before that, I want to tell you about American Financing. American Financing is uh, it's a mortgage company. Uh, they're family-owned mortgage banker, and they've been helping people for more than 20 years. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, and they've got more than 3,200 Google reviews. They never charge upfront fees like many lenders do. And 
I think this is probably the most important is that they have a salary based mortgage consultant instead of a commission based mortgage broker. Right. A commission-based mortgage broker is going to be looking for the, in some cases, many cases, they're incentivized. How's that? They're incentivized to look for the loan that's best for them. To Yeah, to sell you a mortgage that's in their best interest. Not the mortgage that's in your best interest. So in many cases, you can take years off your loan and lower your monthly payments or even pay off high interest debt. If your mortgage rate is higher than today's rates, you're overpaying for your mortgage. You can take money Back with the help from American Financing. You could be looking at $1,000 or more in monthly savings. Your mortgage interest rate is a major factor that determines what your monthly payment will be. So when rates are low, like they are right now, you're looking at incredible savings. They have choices on uh, terms. So 30 years, 18 years, 13 years, 12 years, whatever. It's your mortgage on your term. You can take advantage of a free mortgage review. And I, I hope my listeners do this. Take advantage of a free mortgage review with AmericanFinancing.net. And when you talk to them, mention Free Talk Live. by Because American Financing is advertising on lots of talk shows right now. And they want to know which ones are working for them and which ones aren't. So please do mention Free Talk Live. The sooner you start this, and the more you can save. There's also a telephone number for those who don't want to go online and get the process started. So there's something about, you know, if you've had a mortgage for a while and, you know, housing prices have gone up. Yep. In in the relatively you know near future or recent recent, recent past, past um, you could have twenty percent equity in your house now, and you could get rid of that PMI insurance, which will save you a lot of money every month. In a lot of cases, you can get rid of that PMI just by calling up your your mortgage company and um you know i'm not saying you you shouldn't try with american financing dot net and see whether or not they can get you uh, a better mortgage rate but but i think that's something check out that pmi i think that's something that people forget about yeah well i i think i always did too you you have the best of intentions when you're signing your name on the dotted line on that mortgage oh yeah i'm going to get this down to 20 percent we're going to get rid of that what what, pmi insurance yeah i guess pmi or PM insurance. Right. <laughs> I is the insurance and PMI. So, um, but then, you know, within a month, you're working and doing all your things and you're paying your bills and you've forgotten completely about getting rid of that thing. Right. Also, a good piece of advice is to pay a little extra towards that mortgage every single month. Right. Um, and you'd be surprised how that recalculates everything. I used to do it with mine, um, you know, it was a little bit. Usually I just round it up from the cents or the dollars or whatever. It's a, If it was a payment of $682.35, I'm just up to 685 or 7 make sure you say that you want that to go towards principal. Do you have to write that somewhere? Where oh, do you write yeah. that? Yeah, you have to. You have to make sure. Otherwise, I just apply it towards interest. Well, that's criminal. <laughs> <laughs> AmericanFinancing.net. Their NMLS number is 182334. That's www.mnlsconsumeraccess.org. I'm going to give you the telephone number here to call them. 888-804-0303. AmericanFinancing.net. Now, for the IRS agent that is uh, telling us uh, to be uh, watching our P's and Q's here. From Forbes, Hank Tucker writing, The Internal Revenue Service has a message it wants to get out to recreational Bitcoin investors who think they can dodge taxes on their cryptocurrency gains. 
It knows what's going on, and people won't be able to get away with it for long. Now, uh, one of the things I... (sighs) I can't. I, I I shouldn't be expected to understand Internal Revenue Code or anything like that. But I've been told that you're responsible for the gains and losses every time you make a trade. If you're a trader and you're, you know, trading some bit uh, BTC for some BCH, then some Dash, and then you know you're just kind of moving your money around, seeing if you can make some gains here, make some losses. You know, well, you don't want to make any losses, but make some gains here, make some gains there, and at some point or another, you have losses. You're going to have losses, yeah. You have this huge spreadsheet that you'd be responsible for. As far as I'm concerned, the money I put in, and then when I take the money out, that's when I should be taxed on it. It is onerous to expect anyone to do that especially on a trade system if you're trying to do like some kind of like day trading with um bitcoin or with cryptocurrencies it there's no system i mean you would have to probably be a computer programmer to write your own program to figure that all out and it just seems i mean i've looked at it and thought if you're doing short-term gains on short-term that, capital gains, short-term capital gains at like forty percent, how can you make much money? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's it's amazing how they're, they're taking forty percent of your gains. It's it just you know in just seems very very difficult. Right, and here's this IRS agent who's never had a real job in his life, I'm sure. Um who's just there, um, we're going to get you. You're going to make these trades and we're going to get you if you don't do pay this and that and you know, most of these people that are traders, these aren't rich people. Right. If they were rich people, they wouldn't be day trading. Right, exactly. <laughs> They'd be letting somebody else uh, manage, manage their, their stock money. portfolio, yeah. Gary Alford, uh, the IRS special agent who gained national attention for helping to solve the Silk Road online drug trafficking case that led to the 2013 arrest of Kingpin Russ Russ Albrecht. Kingpin ran a website. Spoke at a panel at a New York uh, in New York, hosted by global accounting firm Eisner Amper, about the uh, tax consequences of cryptocurrency. Now a cybercrime coordinator for the IRS, Alfred said his agency is ready to start moving past sensational money laundering cases and into more routine enforcements of tax law involving cryptocurrency. So he's saying that they're going to go uh, towards, you know, they're going, they're, they're going after these, you know, forget these, uh, these big guys, we're going after the, the little guy now. Right. And it's terrifying, and I think it's meant to be terrifying. I think they're just trying to scare us, but... Uh, it's scary. It is. Scary. It, it, it's scary as it could possibly be because when, I, I believe it was uh, Neil Gorsuch who very recently said that anyone can be arrested for, for anything. anything in this country. Now I think that's a misquote, and I'm just going to probably start shortening that here on the air. Is that anyone can be arrested for something? Right. And when it comes to tax law, you really can. They can. You know, if they want to tear apart your tax return and go after you, they're going to find something on anyone. That's what they got Al Capone on. They couldn't get him for anything else. Exactly. We'll go on with this 855-450-3733. Are you scared of the IRS coming after you for your cryptocurrency trades? 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live.
I'm a little obsessed with My Magic Mud. Several years ago, I met Jessica Armand, the founder and CEO of My Magic Mud, and I didn't even know my teeth were coffee stained. A week's worth of use convinced me, and now I use it every three or four days. It's clinically proven to whiten teeth, and I think it cleans better, too. My Magic Mud's available at most local health food stores, Sprouts, Natural Grocers, CVS, Walmart's Natural Beauty Isle, but I can get it for you for 20% off with coupon code FTL20 at MyMagicMud.com. FTL20MyMagicMud.com. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Laura. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. Laura, have I used my magic mud for many, many years at the house? Many, many years. Am I passionate about this particular product? You are. Do I actually take into my own hands the purchase of this, uh, the procurement of this product, when and you don't really have to worry about it? It's about the only thing in the house that you don't have to buy, right? It is, just about. Just about. Like the wine, the My Magic Mud. Right. The wine, the coffee, and the My Magic Mud. Right, because I won't buy those. <laughs> you won't well, I, I would buy the My Magic Mud, but I wouldn't buy the coffee and the wine. <laughs> and you use My Magic Mud on a pretty regular basis. I do. What do you find? Now, I'm talking about the, the black tooth powder. They have lots of different products. They've got the regular toothpaste, and uh, they got these cool bamboo toothbrushes, and they've got what that great uh, that mouthwash. great mouthwash. I love that stuff. Now, by the way, um, I don't advocate for any of it, but as I understand, you can swallow any of that stuff because there's nothing you there's know nothing terrible harmful. in it. Nothing harmful, no. Now, um, they, the, the main ingredients of the black tooth powder is um, charcoalized coconut shells and bentonite clay. And that doesn't sound, you know, appetizing, but read a toothpaste container. Not good at all. And it just looks like, uh, it looks like a chemistry book. Mm-hmm. So um, what's your favorite thing about My Magic Mud? Um, I really like the, actually, the 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 toothpaste paste stuff okay. better than the powder and it's not because i think it works better it's, it doesn't <laughs> it's because it doesn't um it's neater it's certainly that yeah. um that that's the one of the things about my magic mud and i found a way to make it really really neat um i have you know i've been doing this for years and there's systems for it so when i use the black tooth powder my magic mud you can get it at mymagicmud.com use coupon code ftl20 and save 20% but when I use it, I'll either sort of, I don't spit like to get it out of my mouth. I slowly let it dribble as f- close to the drain of the sink as I can. I was just going to say, and you get your head right in the sink. I do. Or if I haven't taken my high blood pressure medication or whatever recently, then I'll just swallow it. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, because, well, then you don't have to worry about anything. Uh, you know, a little quick rinse or whatever, and, and then you're in fine shape. So... Um, I'll do that, too. You can get My Magic Mud at most major health food stores. Sprouts. Have you heard of Sprouts? Yeah. They have them in Sarasota. What is it? It's a grocery store. Okay. Sprouts, CVS, Natural Grocers. Heard of that? I've seen those. Could be out west. I have no idea. Yeah. And Walmart's Natural Beauty Aisle. Now, not every Walmart has a Natural Beauty Aisle. I don't think ours does. So you have to check that out. We don't have the biggest Walmart here no, in Keene. Not, not a huge metro. Uh, but... If you go to MyMagicMud.com, you can save 20% off with coupon code FTL20. 
That's FTL20 at MyMagicMud.com. I can't recommend it highly enough. If you listen to one thing I say, one thing, it's get my magic mud because I really, really support it. Look, you don't have to agree with my politics or my moral beliefs or whatever. I'm telling you everything I can tell you about this great tooth product. Especially if you're a coffee drinker. Yeah. Or, I mean, you know, you get stains in your teeth from smoking, from wine, from a variety of things out there. Um, you know, so it's it's a big deal. But we really noticed it with the coffee with you. Oh, yeah. I, I Well, I drank coffee for years without ever having worrying about stains on my teeth. I didn't even notice that there was any difference. Just my, the way my teeth look. And then I used my magic mud and it takes the stains off. In the first go around, you can say, wow. It's pretty dramatic. And then by the you, you do it four days in a row and... You've stripped just about everything off and then do about once every four days to every, once every week after that, especially if you're using the other toothpaste. Their toothpaste is a maintenance program. We're, I was just going to say, we're in the maintenance phase. And we don't we, we use a variety of tooth products right. in order to get a variety of results. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on what we're trying to get that particular brushing session, uh, you know, we may use the stuff that you make and we may use the My Magic Muds regular paste and then or the, the you know, the My Magic Mud and those kind of things. Anyway, I want to go on with this article here from Forbes about this uh, IRS agent, which is, you know, just threatening the heck out of anybody who's doing uh, cryptocurrency trading. Because the IRS, it's a lot easier for them to do their jobs if you don't do anything fancy with your money. Just go ahead and go to work, citizen, and pay your, um, you know, pay your taxes, uh, have your boss send us a 1099 or whatever, and uh, pay us that. W-2. No, whatever it is. I don't know. I don't have to do that stuff. <laughs> you, you don't work for anybody, so you don't have to worry about that. Speaking from a seat in front of a luxurious fireplace at the Columbus Citizens Foundation townhouse on Manhattan's Upper East Side, Alfred, that's the IRS agent, said, we're usually behind the curve. History's made and then we react to it. But in this case, we're ahead of the curve. We're there on ground zero and we're waiting for the rest of the world to catch up to what we already knew. We already are aware that there are cases to be made. We just don't know if we were at the point where we can bring it up for criminal prosecution. We believe we are at the point now. We are at that point now. If we had 12 jurors and told them someone made all their money on Bitcoin, we believe that they would understand. Now, that's the quote. Interesting. So he's saying if you made all your money on Bitcoin, like what's criminal about that? Nothing. But I think that what he's trying to do is say that they didn't even have a foundation to explain where people got their money or something. Um, but I think that there was always, um, you were always responsible for income right. that you made. So if you were you played World of Warcraft, for those who don't know, this is an online video game, and you sold a, a, a hammer of mus- muffin smashing that you went and worked, you know, I don't know, 50 hours for, and you sold it for $1,000. I don't know, but you can sell things for actual money. And they eBay I even had an area where you can sell stuff in certain video games. Lots of video games don't let you sell anything. But many of these morgues, massive online multiplayer something, I don't know. I, I'm not very good at it. But multiplayer and role-playing games. Um, you, you know, our friend Angel, she uh, she participates in one. And they have an auction there. They buy and sell things at certain prices. Well, if you're... Uh, you know, working on the video game, playing the video game, and you earn one of these coveted items and you decide to sell it, that's income. Hmm. And you would be responsible for claiming it. You probably wouldn't. 
but you would be responsible for it from an IRS standpoint. You apparently should. Well, I, I don't know what you sh- what well, you should do well, is well, pay them as little as right. possible. I understand, but what, what they're saying you should pay income on it. It is income. Right. And um, he's saying that they're ready to come after the Bitcoin people. But another thing I think is sort of interesting is, is you know, we work with Ian and have worked with him for years. I mean, many years. Most of my adult life is at this point spent working with this crazy man. And he doesn't pay federal income tax. He doesn't send this stuff in. And he's only ever been contacted one time by the IRS in a letter written in Spanish asking him to update his their files. You know, give us some more information on yourself to update the files. They didn't say, hey, you haven't been paying your taxes. They just wanted him to update his files in Spanish. Um, so, you know, I, I know a multitude of people being a, a libertarian activist as I am on a radio program. I know a multitude of people who pay no federal income tax. They don't file the files. They don't file the forms. They don't do those kind of things. Now, uh, we put in our forms because uh, a good friend of the family is a tax attorney. And she basically said, if you file your forms, they can only go back as far as three years. Is that right? You, you probably know the statement better than I. More or less, unless it's fraudulent. If they if it's fraudulent, then they can go back forever. But if you file your forms and they are not negligently, you know, or fraudulent, um, that if they do audit you, they can go back three years. Right, and there's no obligation for you to tell the federal government when you bought your bitcoins. You just buy them, like the same way that you you don't tell them when you bought your tennis shoes. Right. You just buy them. And then if your tennis shoes go up in value dramatically, like Bitcoins did, then you would be responsible for reporting the uh, you know the, the money gains. you made, the gains. But I don't know what this person is even talking about. But you're only responsible for reporting the gains when you sell them. Right. So just having Bitcoin is not a crime. And if so, it, it's very odd to me that they say... This is where you got your money, and that's a crime. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Can you shed some light? Free Talk Live. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. It's Mark with you. And Laura. Thank you for sitting in with me, Laura, my sometime co-host on the Edgington Post and full-time wife. Uh, Ian's on vacation. He's uh, decided he's going up to Porkfest. He did. And, well, it should be interesting. As I understand it, he's a, this is his first time in years he had been banned at one point. Right. And now he's back and trying to spread healing, he says. He's a minister after all. He is. And, <laughs> you know, that's what they do. So he's, he's spreading healing. He brought Jazzy. Jazzy went up there. They made sure he got a downstairs hotel room. So uh, Jazz, Jazzy is a uh, vessel of peace. She is. She's a wonderful, wonderful animal. Uh, the number is 855-450-3733. We are talking about the IRS and this Agent Alford is trying to scare everybody about Bitcoin, I think. But uh, going on with the sto- story here from Forbes magazine. Uh, first, before we go on, I want to tell you about the AMP program. 
Now, the IRS wants to forcibly take your money. Free Talk Live, we'd like you to give it voluntarily. We believe in voluntarism. Yes, you come to uh, you go to amp.freetalklive.com and you can sign up there to uh, to do as Slim has done and be a $5 a month amplifier. That's what we ask for and we would appreciate it. Help us to spread the ideas of liberty far and wide just like Slim has done. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. You know, it's a uh, it's on the honor system. You can listen to Free Talk Live for years and years and years and give nothing if you want. But We'd prefer it if you'd help us spread the ideas. If you like these ideas, you probably want to help spread them. And five bucks a month isn't much. Cost of like one of them fancy coffees at uh, Starbucks that Laura would never let me get. I can't. It, you would let me get a fancy coffee if I wanted one, but I can't have anything no, from Starbucks. I would not because you are mean as heck. When I have coffee. When, when I have caffeine. When you have caffeine. Yeah, so it just doesn't no, work out. It's not about... it's. I wouldn't like the cost, but I, it's more about the, uh, the attitude. If I go to Starbucks, I usually get – they have like an apple cider or something. I can get that if I happen to be in a situation where I'm meeting somebody or, you know, I need to use the bathroom. There's a Starbucks everywhere. You need to use the bathroom. You always got to buy something if you do that. So Alfred, this uh, IRS agent that's trying to scare everybody, at the Eisner Amp – he's Eisner Amper tax partner Walter Pagano and moderator Dara Albright, a digital finance consultant, clarified the existing regulations and discussed what the IRS still needs to resolve when it releases new guidance for cryptocurrencies in June or July. Well, and this is the thing is the, the guidelines are, haven't been very clear. I mean, for years there was, you know, speculation. I would say that, oh, well, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. But I think it's just this year or last year, 2018. I believe it's just 2018 that if you are receiving cryptocurrency as income that you have to report it. Before there, that, I do not believe that there was a regulation. So I don't know, um, but I can say that they different the different government agencies view cryptocurrency differently, differently. Mm-hmm. so fincen views it as a currency whereas um you know the irs doesn't it views it more as a digital commodity right. so if you sell your cryptocurrency for a profit then you have to claim it or whatever but if you were earning canadian dollars or something i i don't even know like this is so complicated when if you think of it as a currency and it kind of it is, and but it's also a digital commodity. It's it's a bunch of things. Right, and the only ones that are making money off of this are the accountants and tax lawyers. Right. Let's make it as complicated as possible so the accountants make a whole bunch of money. Is the it seems to be the idea. Is there a really big accountant lobbyist? I, there must be. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not familiar with this accounting <laughs> lobby, but man, oh man, just think about it. The government has to be the number one, not employer, but uh, creator of work. For, for accountants. accountants. I mean, a- accountants are necessary. Bookkeepers, as you know, you right. do free talk live uh, so that were our books. You it's necessary to have somebody who can do these things. But most of the accountants work seems to be tax related. Right. And it's just so and it's just busy work to decide. I mean, the government send me a bill. You want me to pay? Send me a bill. You know how much I've got. In many cases, the government does. Right. They've got your paperwork. They know how much money you made through your bank accounts, and they've got these forms and stuff. They just you right, just have to guess because so much is reported to them. Right. They want everything reported to them. They right. they they they're collectors of information. 
Pagano said one of the biggest questions that's emerged since the IRS last released its guidance in the space in March 2014 is how to deal with the cost basis when a hard fork occurs, like when Bitcoin Cash split from Bitcoin in 2017. Right. And that's a good question. If right. you bought a Bitcoin I hadn't for even thought of that. $500 right. and, you, and it split... And then you kept one of the, the forks, say you kept the BTC and you sold the BCH. Well, how much did you acquire the BCH at? Right. Did you buy it at 500 or did you buy it at zero? Like, I don't even know. Right. Was it free money? I, I don't have an answer. For now, Pagano urged the financial advisors in the audience to ask clients about cryptocurrency gains if they aren't already doing so, because those profits can be generally be taxed in the same way. The capital gains in stock event and stock investments are are, are taxed, and uh, you, you'll often hear the uh, the left, which is eh, kind of the political spectrum that uh, your family's from. Uh, they're hardcore Democrats. I wouldn't call them left, but I would call them hardcore Democrats. Um, they are all worried about capital gains. Mitt Romney was only paying fifteen percent or something right. was the complaint, and the the reason that we have capital gains that are so low is is that it in investments your margins don't tend to be very high so if you're making 5% on your money and paying 40% of that out then why would you invest in the united states right why wouldn't you just go someplace else where well, your capital because, gains are much lower because now you can't because they want to know everything you're doing in a foreign country too that's true the united states government unlike any other government in the world uh taxes you wherever you go but we've seen a dramatic uptick in people who are giving up their U.S. citizenships. It's amazing. Yeah, I think the the amount, the number is, is crazy. It's tripled and quadrupled yeah. a couple of times. Right. And we saw the one of the founders of Facebook. He right. went and did it. Right. We saw Roger Veer, a guy known as Bitcoin Jesus. He did it. You were uh, had some involvement in uh, that process of him trying to going through and you know, having to account for things, and the government wanted all kinds of paperwork, and they're coming back after him on that again. This is crazy. And, I mean, that was years ago right. at this point. It's been, yeah, it's been a number of years. The basic concept is the Bitcoin world, cryptocurrencies, they're not really currencies. They're property, Pagano says. The word has been out for many, many years now that virtual currency transactions generally are taxable. One time, um, the one time that we can really say that with clarity that there's no taxable event is when a person buys virtual currency with fiat, with a U.S. dollar. That's merely a purchase. But what happens after that becomes very complex. Very so complex. So what this guy just said is that somehow I need to report to the IRS every time I make a purchase with Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash, or whatever. So that is now a taxable event? Man, that's completely... Uh, it's incomprehensible. That can't it can't be done. It's wow. It's like I said. It's onerous. It's onerous, and the um, it, you know, the the idea is is to make it so difficult that somebody can't use, use a cryptocurrency, it. that they won't use a cryptocurrency, and they're trying to scare people into turning these things into virtual commodities and not what they were created to be, which is a cryptocurrency Currency. and competition to the U.S. dollar. Right. Well, of course they don't want that. Yeah. And I mean, we're not talking about like I could have worked for Free Talk Live, received Bitcoin Cash, BCH, mm -hmm. gone to the local uh, burger place here, mm -hmm. purchased a hamburger mm -hmm. and a soda mm -hmm. and with BCH and never 
slid into cryptocurrency. And what, do you, what do you mean? I never never slid into U.S. dollars, excuse me. Okay, yeah. At no point slid into U.S. dollars, and it's a taxable event. Right. That's crazy talk. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the, if you had a dollar that you got from your employer and you went and bought some French fries with it, like, it it's very strange. And, and I, then, or, or you, uh, you got two dollars from your, you know, your employer, and then you went and bought something with it. It's, it's, it's very strange. I'd like to see them take this to court. I mean, I don't want to see them take it to court on anybody I know or love, but I'm curious as to how this is even possible. There are people right well, now that live on crypto. I guess it's possible because they want it to be income, and so if you were to get that dollar in U.S. dollars. It would be reportable and it would be taxed. At the time that you were paid right, on it. Right, but not... Not at the time of purchase. Well, that's because U.S. dollars don't go up. Right? No, they go down. <laughs> System's rigged. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. She's such a beautiful little puppy. I mean, we walk around the block and neighbors always say, her hair is so beautiful. Healthy and shiny and glossy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Fatty acids, omega-3s and omega-6s are great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. I would really recommend people starting their puppies on Dynavite before they get into what I would call the misery index. Bad skin, bad ears, bad breath. Because if they're getting all their vitamins, micronutrients, microbials from the beginning, then you're not going to run into the problems associated with the allergies. Grass, pollen, dust, dirt, fleas, ticks, you name it, and the itching and shedding down the road. Our vitamins and enzymes replace the nutrients cooked out of most commercial dog foods. Dynavite for life. This is Ed Lukasevic. And Cindy Lukasevic. Inviting you and your pets to Dynavite. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves. This live edition, if it's between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, any day of the year, I don't care if it's Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever, Free Talk Live is live. Is that not so, Laura? It is mostly true. Yeah, I mean, how many times? have done some recorded shows when you go to events. Chances are good. Yeah, And we did have a technical difficulty where you were off the air for like an hour when we were in Acapulco, right? That's right. There was one uh, hour at Acapulco. And when we do events, uh, we can't, we do the show recorded live, though we record it live, but we can't take calls at that time because some, some cases it's just not possible. Right. But uh, generally, we're here, and the number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE is in freedom. We're reading an article here from Forbes where some IRS types are telling us all about cryptocurrency and how you've got to uh, you know, report your stuff and all these kind of things. And uh, I'm, I'm going to – one more thing here. Um, Earlier this week, Bitwise Global Head of Research Matt Hogan published an article about how cryptocurrency is similar and different to more traditional investments like gold, oil, and good old-fashioned currency. Although the law requires cryptocurrency investors to report gains, 
not many comply. How does that work with other currencies? Like I know people do do that with foreign currencies. When I figure when you trade back, then you're you're back in. Yeah, I'm just wondering about that because I know that is a thing. You can buy um, other currencies and as they go up and down against the dollar. So I guess it's similar to that. Alfred cites an um, an IRS summons to Coinbase in November 2017 sent, uh, excuse me, that uh, showed more than 14,000 Coinbase users have either bought, sold, sent, or received at least $20,000 worth of Bitcoin in a given year. But only about 800 taxpayers reported gains in Bitcoin, I guess, in that year. Uh, 2018, 2017, I don't know. Um, so c- clearly that some folks are not reporting, right? And the IRS is kind of grumpy about it, and they probably can't go after everybody. Well, okay. So how many people actually file taxes? Uh, uh, well, I can tell you I looked in, uh, see, for the tax year 2000 and I think it was 2005, mm-hmm. I looked and there were about 144 million tax returns filed in the United States. There were about 300 million adults. Right. Now, not every adult files a tax return, but dozens of millions of adults in the United States, that's people between the ages of 18 and 65, Please. just simply don't file. Well, even after 65, you're supposed to file. What is I'm just saying that adults, okay. they're only talking about adults. Okay. Be- people tw- between the ages of 16 and or 18 and 65. Okay. So they didn't talk about like seniors are classified as a different category? Nope. They oh. didn't. All right. I, I don't understand that. I don't either because they have to pay taxes on their social security. Right. Let's go to the phones here. Um, this is a Discord call, Laura, so t- you can see the audio difference. You heard a – push this button right here when you have to cough. Ah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, you haven't got the uh, broadcast training. <laughs> um, you'll, you'll hear the difference in the regular call versus uh, the Discord call. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? I can. What's on your mind, Bad Slave? Well, um, you know – I. I became friends with Clark and Rose, actually met Dave Champion. I've talked to some of the tax attorneys. Um, these uh, these two guys you mentioned are kind of like libertarian tax resistor kind of guys? They're tax uh, truth okay. people. All right. Uh, they're not resisting anything. All right. They're following the law according to their understanding of the law. And they've got more research on these things than than anybody. What did Larkin Rose go to prison for? He went for failure to file. Okay, taxes. But, 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 you know, just because you've gone to prison, you know, just like in the case with, uh, you know, uh, Russ uh, Albrecht. Russ Albrecht, yep. uh, It doesn't mean you're guilty. but, right, there, there, there is kangaroo courts out there. It's a, it's a it puts a big hamper on any claims that you don't have to file a tax return when you go to prison for not filing a tax return. But go ahead, please. Right, right, right. And 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 the you know the people don't know what they're doing. The 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 you know the uh, in the in the uh, juries they don't know. Uh, you know Pete Henderson and his wife. I don't know if you know about them. But, no, I don't. Uh, I don't know every tax case uh, because 
well, this isn't every tax case. Well, these I just don't know people, that one. No, these are people that actually uh, implore people to avoid paying, you know, of being a taxpayer. Basically, yep. you volunteer to become a taxpayer. That's that's your gating factor. We had a an advertiser uh, relatively recently called Weiss Paris, who yeah. basically had some system for that you know you didn't have to pay or something like that. Uh, you know, I I guess for me, it's not that I don't believe that these things are necessarily true. It's just that I believe the United States federal government is uh, you know can put together a jury that'll send you to prison. It's fraudulent enough. Yeah. To to get. Because they they don't even play the game correctly in tax court. I mean, they don't even. I mean, I I I, I don't know how much attention you paid to the. Uh, and I consider this the same thing. Uh, uh, the Ross Albrecht uh, case. I know more uh, than most people. Right, right, and I pay pretty close attention to it as well. And and I'll tell you what the the, uh, the you know the. The prosecution and the judge collaborated, and uh, and the, the poor uh, defense attorney, you know, was you know left floundering. It was, it was the closest thing to a political show trial I have ever seen, and, right. and it was pretty clear. The judge basically said there that they were sentencing Ross as a um, as sending a message. If you're sending a message when you sentence somebody, you're sentencing somebody else. You're not sentencing the person before you. And to send, I mean, that's not what a sentence is. A sentence is intended to be a fair punishment for the crime that has been committed. Right. The founding fathers were very clear on cruel and unusual and stuff like that. And yep. sending a message is cruel and unusual. So one of the one of the people was this guy named Joe Bannister, who actually worked for the IRS. It's not a, there was a Sheila, uh, what's her, was it Sheila Jackson? I, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I might be getting it. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Right. I mean, but these were people that actually worked for the IRS, did the due diligence of, of the details of studying the law. Came, you know, with Bannister, I mean, is they this, had to. Is this during the to, Ross Albrecht trial? No, no, this goes back quite a ways, but but he hasn't been paying, and they tried to take away his. Uh, he, you know, he was not only a guy doing uh, law enforcement supposedly for the IRS to collect taxes. He was also a a, uh, a public accountant, right? Right. So he had the license for that. They, well, they haven't. They haven't they gone after to, my co-host Ian either. They, they, they try to take his license from him, and and he was successful in retaining it. It's, there are there are good attorneys that 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 don't get caught up somehow in the traps. Uh, you know, David Champion's another one. You know, Pete Henderson's actually gotten refunds refunds of of all the taxes paid in by certain people uh you know and they're up to some billions of dollars of total tax re- refunds i support them uh, and people should do the research uh, right, i really right. appreciate it uh, that's late thanks for the call 855-450-3733 your mileage may vary and 
No guarantees on this stuff. No guarantees. Uh, Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Talk live. You can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. This live edition, it's Mark with you. And Laura. 855-450-3733. Laura, thank you for sitting in and uh, filling in the space because basically all of our co-hosts have gone off to Porkfest, Forkfest, or whatever fest is going on in Lancaster, New Hampshire, and... I could have brought some folks in, but I thought it would be a lot of fun to bring in my sometime co-host from the Edgington Post. Yeah. Yeah. So oftentimes you'll help me on, eh, you know, if we're doing some travel logs. It was or, like as soon as I said that I would, would do it, yeah. you'd stop looking. Oh, I was so excited. <laughs> um, I, I'm happy to have you here. I'm really, I know. I mean, I know your bedtime's 9 p.m. I know. We are really, really stretching it. If anybody's watching, I've been yawning. (laughs) Well, just use the cough button there and everything will be fine. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450. Free as in freedom here on Free Talk Live. We're going through an article about the sort of the IRS and their crypto enforcement systems or whatever. I think a lot of it is smoke that they're blowing, but I think everybody should be aware that they are blowing this particular smoke. You know, they are uh, certainly, you know, making the effort to uh, blow the smoke. Yeah, and you know, a barking a barking dog may not be dangerous, but, but it they could may. be. <laughs> Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. If you want the newest and freshest stories and perspective on current events from those who value liberty, freedomsphoenix.com has it. Their daily dispatch is the best way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. I, I use Freedom Phoenix in most of my show prep. Uh, this is how I find uh, the majority of my articles. It's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. That's freedoms. Phoenix.com. Go over there and sign up for their daily dispatch, as I have done. It is totally worth it. Let's go to the phones. David in New Mexico, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Mark. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Well, let let me gather myself. That's the first time that I ever went uh, within less than, literally less than one second from the screener to you answering the call. Well, there you go. uh, yeah. Yeah. Stop. So so were, thank, thanks just, for revealing how few calls I have. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that is self-evident if anybody has been listening. They, they have. I think a lot of people really don't pay attention to a, a show called Free Talk Live that isn't taking calls, uh, that might not have calls. But this is the reality of talk shows in America is this that it's usually just not a lot of calls. There's a reason that John Batchelor does a show that doesn't have calls on it. Uh, it's because it's hard to get them. And I, I I don't think it's a problem. We just continue doing a show without them. But yeah, that when when somebody's when somebody calls, we generally take them pretty quickly. Yeah, right. Well, it's appreciated. And since you said John Bachelor, Bachelor, let me say John Bachelor. Um, and then continuing on, um, you what? were talking what? about. <laughs> I don't get the joke. 
it's an inside joke and, and it'll be fun for you to to ponder it over the next several weeks until it finally dawns on you all right um so moving forward you you were discussing or looking back for a second you were discussing uh courtroom abuses in the case of uh uh ross, ross uh, albrecht yep. yeah albrecht okay and um uh, you're talking about cruel and unusual punishment. You were talking about abuse of uh, process, basically, uh, in that they were misusing, abuse of discretion, misusing the legal system, using it in ways that it's not intended to be used, not allowed to be used, and therefore it is an abuse of the system. The, and so let me, let me um, uh, take this uh, time to uh, introduce a, a, a similar segment out of a, another legal case, because what you did is you took a segment of his legal case you know the case goes on cases have a timeline they start and then they go on for years and uh and uh one tool that legal professionals use is they literally make up a timeline um in the form in a notebook form usually that kind of thing and so you took one page out of a you know out of a couple hundred page timeline and so let's do the same thing in another case all right um in in the the case that i'm referring to which is the one i know best which is mine or one of mine um, I, um, you do have many judge. Yeah, I have many. Uh, the most important one, uh, and, and this expert excerpt excerpt comes from, uh, New Mexico, uh, second judicial district children's division under judge M Monica Zamora, who was at the time presiding my case and was the chief judge of that children's division. She, uh, uh, wrongfully, I allege put me on trial uh, as to whether um, my name would remain rena- remain on the birth certificate of my own children, or that my name and every and all the rights that go with it would be replaced by uh, Kurt Odin Elich's name. I didn't even know okay. they could do that. They could take a a dad's name off of a birth certificate when he or she didn't uh, he didn't want that. Yes, exactly, and that's that's a hostile attempt. And obviously, the biological parent, you know, this, I, I'm male, but it, it goes both ways. Yeah, you're a biological um, parent. The, sure. biological, the biological parent has some rights, you know, whether whatever type of rights that you want to look, look at them as, whether statutory rights or natural rights or civil rights or human rights. And or, you were um, married funny, to your wife at the time. The kids, you were the the the, sole, the, uh, the the main caretaker of the kids. I mean, I can't see how th- that this woman could even entertain the notion that that right. of well, taking okay. the name off. Well, well let, let me let me uh, share with you. Um, it, it's uh, uh, it very. It differs from state to state. However, uh, most states are about ninety percent aligned. They they differ in very small ways uh, from state to state for for practical intents and purposes. You can talk about them all basically as one. There are only slight differences. Uh, So in the state of New Mexico, um, well, let's let's say that you live in the state of New Mexico with me. In the state of New Mexico, the the statutes on uh, termination of parental rights, which is is the legal action we're talking about, if you're going to do that birth certificate thing, termination of a parental right um, and adoption to somebody else, uh, termination adoption is what that procedure would be. And if, for instance, if you lived in the, in New Mexico and I lived here in New Mexico um, uh, and you have children, which you do, you have a child, I could legally, uh, under the current statute of the state of New Mexico, I could petition the court to terminate your, both of you, Laura and uh, Mark, I could petition the court to terminate your parental rights 
and adopt your children to me. I could actually file that lawsuit. That is that is legal. It's terrifying. And then the judge, yeah, exactly. And then the the court would then decide whether they're going to dismiss my petition or put you on trial. So now back to me. What so what they did is you know my my ex left me and moved in with the next guy. And uh, then after they had lived together for a, over a year, I'm sorry, they'd gotten married. Well, what married lived together? I forget which which one was the timeline. I think it's been married, and then a year later. Go, go ahead. Yeah, what? one minute. Just uh, wrap it up. Okay. Any, so, okay. Well, one minute. So, the um, uh, in that case, what they did is they, you know, they got married and they filed. They filed that case, the termination adoption petition. Now, the judge, I have been raising my kids, living with my kids. The judge should have summarily dismissed that that case and thrown it out. They absolutely should have, David, and I can't believe that they didn't. I I'm stunned that they can get away with that in, in New Mexico. Thank you for the call. I mean, I wouldn't even imagine this, that just taking somebody's parental rights away. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Laura. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450. Free is in freedom. If you have a business, you should be taking cryptocurrency. It's becoming more and more ubiquitous. I just uh, made a purchase today at a business and asked them if they take Bitcoin. She's like, I heard of it, but I really don't know anything about it. Well, I have a solution for you. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. You go there to HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com, and they will answer all your questions, and you will be, and they will give you all the tools to be able to accept cryptocurrency for uh, doing business in whatever line of work you've got. It doesn't matter whether you've got a retail store or you're going to people's houses and doing a service, whatever it might be. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. I've used it many times, and it makes it so easy. Help me take Bitcoin.com. Let's go to Alex calling in from Portland, Maine. Alex, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yes, I uh, love your show. Um, but I had a question about the the concept of becoming a sovereign, or a, maybe the maybe the correct term is becoming a sovereign citizen. Okay. If I'm wondering, is that a legal way that you can unplug from the not only the tax system but but other things. I don't know. I mean, is it is I don't know. I just was wondering if you guys had a take on that. Yeah, I think that uh, there are lots of takes on it, and you can find people with different takes on it on the internet. And I think that there's as many takes on sovereign citizenry as there are people who purport it. I would say I love the idea of a person being sovereign. And I would say that a, the a term sovereign citizen is actually an oxymoron because um, a citizen is a person who, cha- who exchanges a, an obligation for protection from the government for a duty of allegiance from the, uh, the, the citizen. And if you're not getting that protection, 
guaranteed to you, you're not a citizen. So I would say, first off, there are no citizens in the United States. And if you think you're a United States citizen, you're just wrong. You're, in fact, a subject of the city-state of uh, Washington, D.C., I can make a much better case for that than a person can make a case that they're a U.S. citizen. They can say, oh, they told me I was a U.S. citizen, so I must be. Well, they told me I was one, too. And then I read the definition of what a citizen was in Black's Law Dictionary, and I saw that the Supreme Court does not guarantee you a right of protection from any law enforcement agency. So, poof, you're not a citizen. But uh, as far as sovereignty goes... um, there's really only three sovereign entities in the world. I'm going to go ahead and say there's the United States, Russia, and uh, China. And that the rest of the countries of the world are basically vassal states. So, for instance, Great Britain is a vassal state of the United States, or maybe it's the other way around, but it certainly looks like, uh, as I just stated it. And it's- actually, actually, I think I think the the city state of London, because London is its own, has its own laws, and the Queen needs to get permission to go to London. I've heard I all think, of that, I think, but I don't know. I think I, mean- I think our economy is being run by the gnomes in London banking, okay. and so the U.S. military is the muscle. The Roman Catholic Church is the kind of controls the hearts and minds of the poor, and the and then the city state of London controls all the banking i I think there's an argument for what you say i i think there's uh, there's also counters to it um there's certainly other banking uh, capitals that are sort of uh, at odds with london and new york is certainly a financial center but you know i i I don't know it's uh i I, i've heard these arguments and and i'm not gonna you know say otherwise but I, i think that they're a little more uh, obscured than sort of what the claims that I made. People can see that the United States, Russia, and China basically are sovereigns versus uh, sort of saying, you know, London, to some extent, really does what the United States wants if it wanted it because they've got the muscle. Alex? Well, I, I, I know that the, the, the story behind our income tax I don't know if it was the creature from Jekyll Island or another book, but they talked about how a guy named Seed, S-E-Y-D, who was a London banking agent, basically bribed people in Congress, and they took the vote when most of the senators were out for Christmas recess in 1913, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, but uh, those senators, if they wanted to do something, could have uh, voted again in 1914 to undo everything that was done. Um, you know, the Federal Reserve isn't a, isn't a constitution, you know, like a constitutional amendment. It's just law. Um, it's well ensconced at this point, And certainly bankers control nations, not vice versa. When the and, bailout. And, 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 and I think it's the large supernatural uh, or supernational corporations who control everything, really. Yeah, but how do they get to be supernatural? Uh, na- national. I mean, you know, Siemens didn't start out supernational. It started out as a German company, and General Electric started out in uh, uh, Men- Menlo Park, right? Is that right? Maybe. Right. Well, I, I agree that they all had noble purposes and starts, but what I think happens is as they become more powerful, they start uh, investing in certain politicians, and the, then those politicians owe them votes. I mean, oh yeah, because of the way we finance elections, it, we're we're in trouble. Well, l- let me ask you this: I mean, if you could, 
you're a supernatural you're a ceo of a supernational uh corporation and you have the choice of remaining out of politics or you can throw a few hundred thousand dollars or maybe a few million dollars at some lobbyists and save tens of millions or billions of dollars in taxes in the process what are you going to do I mean, I'm go- I would I, I would do that because if I'm an officer of a corporation, I have a fiduciary duty to the stockholder right. that's publicly traded to create profit. So I would have to play the game that way. But what I'm saying is, the people at the bottom, the grassroots people, need to put pressure on their politicians to reverse the that wherever that I forget that Supreme Court decision. Citizens United. Citizens United. That needs to be overturned. That's well, Citizens United season. was a, an outcropping of 150 years of court cases in the United States. It didn't set anything. It didn't say anything new. It only more clearly stated that corporations are entities. And yeah. I mean, I, basically, the state is a corporation, and the other corporations are its babies. And so. You know, as long as we continue to believe in this, uh, you know, this organization called the state, you're going to have to continue to believe in corporations. I mean, that's it. I I, I disagree. I think well, I think we could change the law so that corporations shouldn't have any input into the political system. Let me say this. What? Let me ask you this. What's the functional difference between a government and a group of people, goons? Thugs, the mafia, a gang, a bunch of idiots, lunatics, devils, thieves, killers, and liars. What's the difference? Well, they all, I mean, they all try to do the same thing. They try to concentrate power, but the difference is the intention of, of is, is it going to be profit for the few, or is it going to be a populist sentiment where you profit the many? Tell me how this, where this populist sentiment has ever worked as far as taking power from the wealthy, connected uh, few. I think it worked with FDR in some cases, and I think it worked with Huey Long in Louisiana. Well, I'm not familiar with Huey Long, although I've heard the term, but FDR grew state power. And you may, I mean, he may have trotted out a few government programs that uh, helped some poor people, but in the process, the state became larger and more powerful. And now we have a larger, more powerful state that can be employed by the uh, these multinational corporations that you're so concerned about. And I am. Um, I'm, I, I'm with you, too. But if you keep on loading the gun so that you can use the gun against the multinational corporations, but the multinational corporations are the one that keep on picking up the gun and using it against you, I mean, how often do you have to do the same thing before you uh, learn that you got to do something different to get different results? Well, here's one way they could do it. They could they could uh, pass a law preventing politicians from going into lobbying for 20 years. I'm for it. After they think hundred percent. Eight five five. Thanks for the call. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's eight fifty five four fifty. Free as in freedom. segment of free talk live we might be able to get you in if you call now 855-450-3733 it's 855-450 free as in freedom it's mark with you and laura 
And uh, yeah, I'm going to turn up your, your mic volume there, Laura. Either you weren't on it or, or something. Um, yeah, so we were talking in the last segment about uh, this idea that, well, maybe you could get the politicians to pass a law against themselves taking a job as a lobbyist within, say, 20 years of them leaving Congress. And I, and I said, okay, here's the the uh, lawmakers basically saying, okay, fellas, this is what we're going to do. We're going to cut our earnings. <laughs> right. Our earning potential in the future, just going to cut that. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I guess I'm, I've long sensed stopped giving these people the benefit of the doubt, right? We're a little cynical. I, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm cynical about the governmental process. Sorry. I don't think there's, I, I do think there's some, some tweaks and some fixes that you could do to make the government work better. But um, in many cases, people don't agree what they are. Right. They can see what the problems are, but they can't see what the solutions are. Or agree on the solutions, at least. And... You know, the and the in the process, the government gets bigger, it gets more intrusive, it gets more controlling. And we were reading an article about how the IRS is attempting to go after people who have cryptocurrencies now, uh, trying to scare the heck out of them. And they're saying that uh, basically there are 14,000 Coinbase users in uh, November 17, uh, 2017. They found that there were more than 14,000 Coinbase users who have either bought, sold, or sent or received at least $20,000 worth of Bitcoin in a given year. Admittedly, in 2017, one Bitcoin was about $20,000 um, or getting close to it uh, in a given year. But only about 800 taxpayers had reported gains at that time. The IRS is trying to get that number closer to reality by doing outreach events like Eisner Amper's panel urging voluntary compliance. But Alfred warned that if the IRS can prove that a taxpayer willfully concealed cryptocurrency gains, they might be subject to prosecution. So in 2017, Bitcoin skyrocketed. Yes. What about the losses? Well, they, uh, I mean, you know, the losses are reality too if you sold at the wrong time. But that's the thing is, is that if you bought a Bitcoin... At uh, the beginning of 2017, let's say you bought it at 500 bucks, mm-hmm. and it skyrocketed in that year up to 20,000, mm-hmm. and then it dropped in the course of 2018 to 3,000, and has clawed up in 2019 to 9,000. You still only have one Bitcoin that you bought for 500 dollars, right? So there's no taxable event that's occurred in any point here. So right. So if you bought it. And you haven't done anything with it. There's no taxable event. And I think that the IRS is not only asking something that's highly impractical, but really, frankly, immoral. If something is sufficiently impractical, it is also immoral. So, for instance, if you tell somebody, hey, if you can uh, hop across the road on uh, uh, with with one foot while I set it on fire and you know, like just make this impossible task for somebody to do, then then I won't shoot you. Well, the IRS says that any purchase with a cryptocurrency is a taxable event so every purchase i've ever made with cryptocurrency is a taxable event screw you guys there's no way i could possibly go and 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 tell you uh, you know like well, you were just talking about the what about the purchase i made with a uh with a cryptocurrency that i got out of a bitcoin fork in 
uh, earlier this year when we were in Mexico. So now I've got to go against the Mexican dollar, which just recently dropped against the U.S. dollar. While I'm in a foreign country, does that purchase, uh, you know, do I have to claim that as capital gains? I mean, this is so stupid. And it's certainly convoluted. It really doesn't make any sense, and they don't care whether it makes any sense to you. They just care whether or not they can uh, get you. And they said here that, uh, they're, that basically they're trying to urge voluntary compliance, and they warned that the IRS can prove that a, a taxpayer willfully concealed cryptocurrency gains. They might be subject to prosecution. Ignorance of the law is not a good enough excuse, he says, especially if there are records that are kept in a spreadsheet of their investments or discussed cryptocurrencies with their accountant. So... Um, he's saying, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Now that made sense. That what they—that's a tenth century maxim. That's from when um, the Anglo's and the Saxons still controlled, uh, or is it twelfth century? Maybe that's when the Normans came across. Anyway, you're talking about a long time ago in England, English common law, that ing- ignorance of the law is no excuse. This is for when people couldn't read. This is when the law was. Don't do harm to your neighbor or their property. Right. They're pretty simple laws. So ignorance of the law in the United States isn't just an excuse. It's a reality. I don't know what it's like in other countries, but in the United States, there are more laws than you can read in, in your lifetime. Four lifetimes. <laughs> if you live four lifetimes, you couldn't read all the laws. And I think that's just for one geopolitical designation. I was just going to say, for the whole United States, there's no way. You move from one county to the next? No. Then you've got more laws to read. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry there, um, uh, Alfred. Ignorance of the law is not just an excuse. It's a reality. The IRS is nothing but a group of criminals that are coming after people and trying to rob them. And then he's warning us about buying a burger down the street with cryptocurrency. You might have Bitcoin in, um, on everything, but when you go to your accountant and say, oh, I've never heard of Bitcoin. Really? Every date you've ever been on, that's all you talked about was Bitcoin, but somehow when your accountant asked you, you forgot to talk about it, Alfred said. That's our burden, to show the individual, um, this individual who knew. And so he's basically trying to say that, look, I can prove to a jury that you knew about Bitcoin. You can't play ignorant about this stuff. But when their laws are so difficult to comply with, it may not be ignorance. It may be it's just too hard to deal with. So... I can kind of see, yeah, you know, you're, you make a transaction of cryptocurrency that's above a certain threshold. Call it $5,000 or something. Then you're going to, you know, you, you got into Bitcoin and now you're getting out at $5,000. Okay, that's an amount that needs to be reported or something, some level of, of reporting. But when you're talking about doing trades back and forth from you know, Bi- Mark, Bitcoin to Bitcoin. You know, Mark, you have a garage sale, you should be reporting that. You should. If you <laughs> sell me your old cell phone, you should be reporting that. Right. Do I get to take it as an amortized loss against the purchase price like of the cell phone? Every single thing that, you know, exchanges is a taxable event. And really, I think there needs to be a minimum here. It gets really complicated, but the IRS doesn't mind threatening you with jail because they don't have to go to jail. Right. If Alfred is sitting that they're testifying at a court case, uh, the pros- uh, you know, there's only and the room's full of people, right? Jurors and judges and prosecutors and uh, you know the then the IRS agents and all that stuff. There's only one person who could go to jail. The rest of them, if they lose, no big whoop. Right. Well, you know. 
That's the system, right? Right. That's the system. They go home to their wife and kids and, uh, you know, they lost the case. Oh, well, it's a shame. That guy really should have paid or whatever. Well, if they win the case, then the guy goes off to jail. Right. And when you go to jail, you lose, in many cases, people lose everything. Everything. Because, you know, their apartment. Right. Well, they can't pay the rent. You can't pay the rent. You can't pay the mortgage. mortgage. You can't, you know... Don't forget the wife suddenly has to, you know, she has to fill a uh, an income slot in the house, right. and in many cases, uh, that means find a new husband. Maybe you know, I mean, when I say they lose everything, they lose the wife, they lose the kids, they lose the house, they lose everything when they go to jail. And this guy's cavalierly talking about, well, you got to report it. All these are taxable events, right? I mean, this is. This isn't just impractical. This is sociopathy. It is impractical for them to enforce this for everyone. The problem is, is they can enforce it on who they want to. Yes. So the the audit comes into play. They say, this is a Bitcoin person. We should audit them because we audit Bitcoin people. And then the audit comes into play. It doesn't matter who is abiding by these rules and who isn't. It just matters that there's an accountant demanding your paperwork and trying to determine what you owe and what you don't owe. And that's the end of the story. That accountant uh, from the IRS, you know, it doesn't matter if they're a good person. It doesn't matter what the rest of their life is like. They're simply the accuser. They're not the defendant. It doesn't matter that, you know, they beat their kids or, uh, you know, they cheat on their own taxes or whatever it is that they do. They're just accusing. And the IRS claims, I don't know if they enjoy, but they claim a higher level of uh, evidence collection power than even law enforcement agencies. In America, you're supposed to be able to not have to testify against yourself. That means not returning over paperwork. Well, the IRS doesn't think that's the case. Nope, sure don't. Well, that's about a wrap here. Uh, Check us out at freetalklive.com. And I stayed awake the whole time. Yeah, Laura, thank you so much for coming in and, uh, and sitting in with me. It was a lot of fun doing your first Free Talk Live. Would you like to hang out with Penn Jillette? He's keynoting Freedom Fest this year. I, for one, am thrilled. Freedom Fest is the largest liberty-oriented gathering in the world. They take a Big Ten approach with libertarians, conservatives, liberals, anarchists, capitalists, and just open-minded people mingling together to hear real debates, share real solutions, and converse freely. This year's theme is the Wild West, a time of liberty and opportunity, or a time of anarchy and violence. Maybe both. Go to freedomfest.com FTL and get your tickets now. Now, freedomfest.com slash FTL. Not convinced yet? Hey, I understand. It's a high-end event. Even with coupon code FTL50. Sure, you're likely to receive investment advice that'll make that sum seem paltry. But I have something special for you. Go to freedomfest.com slash FTL and you'll get the five best speeches from last year for free. Call it a test drive. Do yourself a favor and go to freedomfest.com slash FTL. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. Use coupon code FTL50 for a discount.